bless you as you come. And as soon as she talks, you know where she's from. God bless you, Kim. I know y'all just wanted to be blessed by my southern accent this morning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's good to be here. I tell you, I am not dressed for this cold weather outside, though, in case you see my open-toed shoes and everything. I'm getting ready to go back to Fiji where we're headed into the warmest part of our year and cyclone season. So praise the Lord. I I just want to thank the worship team um, as we get started for this video. Um, You know, I love that song, Make Room for You, uh, where it's talking about shake up the ground of all my tradition, break down the walls of all my religion. You can go ahead and start that video. Because this is actually what Mark and I are about. We do children's ministry, and we have. So for 26 years now, we have been speaking into the lives of children. We go into countries where they do not believe that children can be born again until they're 15 or 16 years old. That's why you see all of these people that are getting baptized are adults. They believe that a child does not have the mental capacity to accept Jesus, to understand the gospel. But that is completely wrong. Do you believe that? And so we go in and we try to shake up the ground of the tradition that's holding these churches in bondage. And we try to teach them the better way of Jesus that says that everyone, if you present it the right way, can understand the gospel. And we do this through school assemblies and kids camps and training Sunday school workers. I want you to listen to this testimony here. I just, I just ask the Lord for forgiveness and I felt a strong love on on my body. It felt so good. I started looking around at the children. I, I saw the broken love in here, and then I just started thanking the Lord for, the, for bringing us here. I thank the Lord for all the children here, that he was touching. I asked him for forgiveness, and I never felt this feeling before. It was it was warm, it was kind, it was loving, it was all the feelings that I ever feel in my life. I never knew it felt so good to have the Lord touch you. Don't you believe that every child should have that experience and opportunity to know what it feels like to have the Lord touch you? This is what we're about. This is what we were doing in Angola and Namibia. And and now the Lord has sent us all the way over to the South Pacific. And even though um, they're similar in many ways in their culture, one thing that they definitely have in common is they, they all share that same belief that a child cannot understand until they're teenagers. But what's happening is before these children have an opportunity to hear the gospel presentation and an opportunity to ask Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, they're losing them. They're losing this entire generation. And so the Lord has sent us there, but not only to teach them that they can have a relationship with the Lord, but also to teach them that the Holy Spirit wants to be an active part of their life, that they can be used to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit, that they can be used to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, that they can be used to speak prophetically into the lives of other people around them in their schools where they're ministering to 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 other Hindu children and Muslim children in their schools, in their homes, in their communities. This is an outreach that we were doing in Tavua, and it began to pour rain, which you can't really see in that video, but these children are so hungry for the Lord that they are standing there in the pouring rain, just crying out to the Lord, so desperately wanting a touch. And we thank you that you partner with us and you allow us to do this. 
These images that you're seeing, this is from a cyclone. We, we experience in Fiji very often what has just happened in the United States and Florida. And through Convoy of Hope, thank you for partnering with Convoy of Hope. Through Convoy of Hope and AG Disaster Relief, we received almost $60,000 in relief funds where we could go and feed over a 1,000 families and Many of these families, Hindu, one thing you might not know about Fiji is almost 40% of our population is Indian, and about 37% of those are Hindus. And so these are homes that we may never have been able to be into before, but through Convoy of Hope and Disaster Relief, we were able to get in and minister to these families an opportunity of a lifetime. Also, COVID, when it hit, just like you, it hit us and our churches were shut down. And what happens when people can't go to the church? The church has to go to the people. And so we were able to get into neighborhoods. You saw pictures of my husband with Kiko. Many of you know he's the man with the monkey, uh, if you've seen him before. And he and Kiko were able to go in and minister to right there in homes. And people were coming from everywhere in the village because they were so desperate just to be with a pastor and be together with other believers because our churches were shut down for over a year in Fiji. So we thank you so much. Whenever we talk about what we do, it's not just talking about what Mark and I do. It's what we do in partnership with you because we are your hands extended when you give to us, when you pray for us. And some of you that may even uh, one day come and, and go with us to do missions together. We work in partnership, and so when we say we, this is what we've done. We are talking about Freehold First Assembly. So thank you so much for your continued support of not just us, but missions all around. We couldn't do it without you. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's interesting because when we were uh, looking at speaking about breakthrough through worship, advancing through breakthroughs through worship, and I was praying about this. Um, I just, uh, for some reason, the, the the scripture verse came to my mind, where Jesus is speaking with Peter, and he says, uh, "Simon Peter, son of Jonah, he goes, do you love me more than these?" And um, and so I kind of wrestled with this because I was thinking, Lord, that's a uh, not exactly the direction that I was going in, and I don't see how it has to do with worship uh, bringing breakthrough. But as I was seeking the Lord, struggling, you know, seeking the Lord, I saw kind of like, uh, as it were, a mountain, and and I just felt like that right there, that 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 um, uh, that uh, Simon was on the top. And I kind of felt like we were going up, finding the side of the mountain, uh, uh, get, getting there. And so this morning, I want to talk about worship and how it brings breakthrough. And believe it or not, we are going to end up in the place where we are coming before God. Amen. And saying, Jesus, you are more important and more valuable and more precious to me. Hallelujah. Then any of these things, hallelujah, we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to come to a place of sacrifice and worship before God. But let's start off at the base of the mountain. What is breakthrough? Worship brings breakthrough. What is breakthrough? I mean, it's, it's when you come to an, an impossible situation where you have like a Red Sea in front of you. And it's anything, I would say, that is impeding the will of God for your life, whether directly or indirectly. It is God's will that you worship him, hallelujah, freely. It is God's will that you give freely. It is God's will that you share Christ with others freely. It's God's will that you, 
go into all the world and are part of the discipleship process, whether it's discipling your own children, discipling other people in your community, or whether you're involved in the process that involves discipling people in Algeria or in uh, Haiti or in uh, Puerto Rico, hallelujah, or Fiji or wherever. What, whatever is, is standing in, in your way to do and be what God has called you to do and what God has called you to be. Amen. That, that, that is what you need the breakthrough for. Amen? So, I, I mean, physically, uh, you, it, it could be physical, financial, emotional. Uh, there's all sorts of different uh, things that you could need the breakthrough for. Um, for example... Even like headaches, you know, if your head is hurting so bad that you have a hard time even just singing to Jesus, you need breakthrough. Are you guys with me? If, you got, if you're experiencing problems in your life physically, that's keeping you from doing what God wants you to do. And what brings the breakthrough is a word from the Holy Spirit, is the word of God, faith in the word of God. For example, uh, about 20 years ago when, when I was uh, kind of sick with the flu, I was doing something foolish. I was jumping on a, a trampoline when I was still kind of sick. And there was a group of kids off to the side and uh, from a daycare center on the other side of the wall. And they were going higher, higher. And so even though I uh, was just getting over this flu, I started jumping higher until all of a sudden it felt like somebody stabbed me through the heart with a knife. And I immediately just hit my back. And I, I was laying down and I, I, I could hardly breathe. It felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. Okay, I, I was just trying to breathe like kind of like a dog. Like, <laughs> because I couldn't take a deep breath. Because if I tried to breathe it felt like somebody was stabbing me. I really felt like I had like a type of a heart attack there. And so after that had happened, when any day when I would try to exert myself physically, it felt like a knife was going through my, my chest. But it came to a point where I knew that the Holy Spirit had spoken to me about going to Africa as a missionary. And I knew that there was no way that I could do that with this heart condition. And so between where I was at, Calvary Temple in Wayne, and where we lived in Patterson, there's like a, a, a huge hill, like a mountain. It goes up. And I just said, you know what, God? I believe your word. I believe what you spoke to me, that I'm supposed to go over there to Africa and be a missionary. And so I'm believing that you're going to heal me. Now, this sounds foolish, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And I said, so this is what's going to happen. I'm going to run over that mountain. And one of two things is going to happen. I'm either going to die or I'm going to be healed. But, I, I, amen, are you guys hearing me? You get to a place in your life, God, this is it. I, I, I've, it's got to happen because you've called me to missions. You've called me to Africa. And so I'm not going to keep going. This, is, this just isn't going to happen. So I got on my shoes. I started running. And sure enough, at first, it felt like somebody started stabbing me in my heart. But I just, I kept, as I was running, because I felt like God had called me to Africa, I just kept saying the same thing over again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. And praise the Lord. As I started going up that mountain, the pain eased off. Pain eased off. Praise God. Completely gone. Hallelujah. And it wasn't just using a Bible verse. Guys, it was because I really felt like God had spoken to me and called me to go to be a missionary in Africa. The same thing uh, with finances. When, when I wanted to be, go to Bible school, and I needed money to go to Bible school, I went to my parents, who really weren't serving the Lord, and I, I asked them for, for help, and they said, 
you still go to that church, don't you? That, that Bethel assembly down there? Yeah. Um, now, you're still giving money to that church, right? Yeah. They said, well, if you got so much money that you can give it all away to that church, you sure don't need our help. Anybody come from a family of where the parents aren't completely sanctified? Okay. And I was like, God, what do I do? And then I remembered the story from Genesis 14 where God had uh, spoken to Abraham uh, and, and Abraham had said to the king of Sodom, um, I'm not going to take as much of a, as a single thread from you lest you say Abraham is rich because of what I gave him. I felt in that moment, God spoke to me and said, just as I provided for Abraham, I'm going to provide for you. And just as the king of Sodom didn't get any glory, hallelujah, praise God, nobody else is going to get the glory. I'm going to get the glory. By the grace of God, went to Bible school. The Lord helped provide everything financially. And and here I am today, serving the law on the mission field. But, but you see, once again, it was that hearing from the Holy Spirit, hearing that word from the Holy Spirit where you know or you feel like God has spoken to you to, to help you in that breakthrough situation. It is so important to hear from God to launch you into your destiny, to get you past the obstacles that are keeping you from doing what God's will is for your life. It is so important that you have a sense or hear what the Lord is saying for, to you so that you can respond and see God do a miracle. Hallelujah. Not just for physical healings or financial, whether it's fear, whether it's depression, all these things need to be broken. Those are direct things that are happening to you. But you know, what other people think and what other people do can also affect your destiny. There can be uh, things where other people are making decisions that is keeping you from getting where you need to go. I'm speaking from personal personal example here of, of times where at least three times where Kim and I were wanting to go to a country and do something for God, but there were people in the way not signing off on things, and we needed a specific word from God to be able to launch us into places where they had refused everyone else. This happened at least three times, okay, in our missionary career. And even when I became a youth pastor, hearing a specific word of God that helped launch me into what God was calling me to do. Uh, I think I'll just, one example was when we were going from Namibia over to Angola. And at that time, it was right after the war, you needed a, a, a visa to go into Angola, but you also needed a visa an exit visa to leave the country. Otherwise, if you showed up at the Luanda airport and you didn't have that visa in your passport, they wouldn't let you leave the country. And so we were going down to uh, Namibia because they had never known that kids could be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we were going to go down to Namibia, do a, a camp and demonstrate to the Namibians that children could be filled with the Holy Spirit. I went down there Kim was supposed to follow me with Brianna, and uh, they had to have uh, some some, uh, renewals in their passports, and so they were going to follow me. We're down there. I call Kim. Hey, are you coming down? She's like, well, no. Our our, our passports are still with immigration. They haven't stamped them yet. And so, you know, you're just going to have to do that without me. And I said... I prayed about that, and you got to know, I'm pretty creative, but she's like organizational, okay? If I go to do something, it'll be fun, but we probably won't get a whole lot accomplished, all right? So I, she is my helpmeet. God has put her with me so that it actually, we, pull, we, we, we get things done. And so I'm like, I can't, I can't do this whole thing without Kim. God, you know, help. And as I'm praying... In my mind's eye, I see 
uh, a bird cage, and I see two birds flying out of the cage. Now, you got to realize, when, when I'm talking about hearing God's word, a lot of times God speaks to people through, uh, um, uh, through impressions, through concepts, ideas, things of that, that nature. And, and so uh, this, this vision, this mind picture I had, I, I called Kim back and I said, Kim, even though you don't have your, 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 your passports, I want you to pack your bags, just believe God, you know, for a miracle, and on the way to the airport, stop by immigration. We're believing God for those passports to be released. And so she's, she's like, okay, okay. So she does that the next day, goes to immigration, and they're like, no, we're sorry, they're not ready and so they wait there. Uh, I think the, the, the um, plane is supposed to leave, uh, I don't know, around like 2 o'clock, but they close everything off at 10 o'clock. You know, the boarding uh, uh, is done by 10 or, or 11. Well, anyways, it's about, what, 1 o'clock, 12 o'clock. And she's, she's like, no, they, they just released our passports to us. And, Brianna, we, we don't have uh, an exit visa in the passport. So I can't come down there and leave Brianna in Angola. Brianna was only like five or five years old or whatever, seven years old. I can't leave her in Angola. And so you'll just have to do it without me. And I was like, oh, Lord. And so um, I said, okay, just go to the airport anyways. Even though they've closed off the boarding, just go anyways. One o'clock, I call, how's it going? And she's like, we are stuck in traffic and we are not going anywhere. We can't even make it to the airport. And I'm like, God. And as I'm praying, into my mind, I see another picture. And it's this big uh, uh, army boot lifted in the, in the air. And I can see these two little uh, like lizards, two little tiny uh, chameleon types of lizards, you know, they're, they're on the ground, and the big army boot comes down to stomp on the lizards. But then I see somehow the lizards, when it stomped down, were in between the crevice, you know, the cracks of the boot, and they come scooting out of the boot. They come scooting out. And I said, Kim, I said, even though, she goes, Mark, it's too late. It's one o'clock. The plane's supposed to leave it too. We're stuck in traffic. We can't get out of here. And we don't even have a, a visa for the passport. I just don't believe it. I said, Kim, that's okay. You don't have to believe. Just obey. We'll, we'll, we'll go on my faith. You know, faith comes from hearing. Amen? And so I really felt that vision was from the Lord. Just go anyways. Long story short, she gets to the airport, goes to British Airways. The manager's like throwing stuff. It's a true story. I can't believe, no! You know, and then she goes, fine, just take their bags to the plane. And uh, she's real upset. Get on the plane, you people. And so Kim and Brianna go to immigration. Well, fine, the, the immigration, da, 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 here you go. And they get on the plane. Brianna looks, Mama, why are you crying? And Kim says, because, Brianna, when we came to the airport, there was no stamp, no visa in your passport. But here we are, and there is a visa in your passport. Amen. Is that a miracle? Praise the Lord. That is a miracle. I'm telling you, stuff like that happens that was a breakthrough. That was a miracle. I mean, in Angola, African country like that. But that, that happens. Why? Because somebody heard the Lord speaking, received an impression, an idea, an insight, some kind of a prophetic picture, and just regardless of the situation, believed it, and hallelujah, that faith activated the miraculous. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Guys, I'm sharing this with you because I believe that God has a destiny for each one of you. And I believe that each person that has a God-given destiny is going to come up against impediments and blockages and problems. It's just the nature of the beast. Anytime God gives a word to anybody or speaks his will, the enemy is going to come against you. Hallelujah. 
And what's so important is that you are praying out of faith and not just hope. Most of us are praying out of hope. We pray out of hope. But you see, faith, hallelujah, faith is when you hear God's word. Romans says, faith comes from hearing. Amen. Hearing the word of God. It's not just quoting scriptures. If that were the truth, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the lawyers would be the most faithful people because they had so many scriptures memorized. But faith is when you're, when you're uh, uh, listening to the preaching of the word and the Holy Spirit makes it real for you. That it's not just the stories of Jesus where all of a sudden in your heart you see, yes, it was for me that Jesus died. Are, are you hearing me? That's faith. The Bible says uh, that, that you are saved uh, by grace through faith. It's a gift from God. That, that knowing or seeing or coming to understand that it was for me that Jesus died. Bing, the light comes on. And you realize you're a, you're a sinner. That's faith. That's the light turned on in God's word. God wants to do that in so many other areas, hallelujah, of your life. He wants to specifically speak to you that that you would know, I feel like God is leading me. I had this picture in my mind. I was reading uh, in our situation as I was reading the the Bible today. All of a sudden, I felt like God spoke to me out of it, hallelujah. Are are you with me? me? Me and you or me and another person are going to an airport. I have a ticket. You don't have a ticket. We're walking to the airport. We want to get on the plane. I have faith that I'm going to get on the plane because I have a ticket. You don't have a ticket. You're hoping you get on the plane. You see, my ticket is substance. I have something to show for it that's going to get me, that I believe is going to get me onto that plane. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's when you're coming against something and you truly feel like God has spoken to you about that. Let me give you one one other example about, about the difference between praying in faith and praying in hope. We were in the city of Chumeb. I think I have some pictures about that, Chumeb. We were, in the, we were in the city of Chumeb, and there was a drought, and it, it, it had gone on for years. It had gotten to the point where uh, pastor friends of mine were all having to sell their goats and their cattle because they just ran out of money to feed them because there was no, no grass, and so they are having to always buy feed for them, and so they were having to sell their their um their uh their animals and so uh I'll go like that is that okay and we'll flip to the next picture there you go and so this is uh this is what uh, Chumeb looks like it's in 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 Namibia during during the dur- during the um the drought and so we had walked around the city and we were doing this prayer walk uh just praying for the place and we could see the poverty we could see uh, the uh, the kids there with um, uh, uh, just uh, they didn't have any food. It was it was a terrible it was a terrible time, and so we were going to uh, to one of the schools there in Chumeb, a school in a place called Ondundu, and um, as you can see, you know, in a place where there's drought, no leaves, no grass. This is this is what it looked like, and so we were at the school in Ondundu doing a school assembly at a team from Pennsylvania. John Holt was with me, and we were doing a, a school assemblies. And for some reason, in this school, um, we, uh, uh, we, were, we put about maybe 100, 150, 200 kids in the classroom, and we were doing this, the, the dramas and everything. But when we were doing the dramas and, and, and all the stuff, the kids were talking to each other. They were t- disinterested, not paying attention. And it was strange because in that culture, normally it's more of a respect and they, 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 they do pay attention. But uh, the pastor, uh, he, he said to me, he said, uh, Mark, he goes, don't worry. It's not you and it's not the team. They're doing a great job. You just have to understand this is on Dundu. 
And I said, what, what do you mean, Pastor? And he goes, well, this is where they send all the kids from the poorest uh, part of town. And, um, and the kids that are causing problems in the other schools, this is where they send them. And so the kids in this school, they never score high enough on their tests to be able to go to university. And so uh, the kids here pretty much think this is just a waste of their time. And so it's not you, it's not the team, it's just this is the situation. And so as I was looking at those kids, I felt my heart was breaking for them because I felt like, look at the situation. They didn't even have a chance, you know. And I, my heart was just breaking for them. And then all of a sudden the words came to me, it's going to rain next Thursday. Boom. And so here we are in the middle of a drought. There's not even, we've not even rainy season. It's not even any rain in the forecast or anything. It's going to rain next Thursday. And so I'm like, oh my goodness. And so uh, I, I got a microphone. I went up to the front and I said, can anybody tell me, is there anyone here who's not ashamed to say that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior? Raise your hand. And I had maybe about a half a dozen kids out of the 150, 200 kids raise their hand. And I picked a little girl about 11, 12 years old, and I asked her to come forward. And I said, can, can anyone tell me when was the last time it rained here? I mean, no, I mean, it hadn't rained in so many months. Nobody could, not even the teachers could tell the last time it rained. I said, can, can I ask you another question? Okay, um, can your president, Hifike Punye Pahamba, can he make it rain? And they said, no. I said, um, how about uh, Hage Gangab, the, the, the prime minister? No. Uh, this is, I think, in 2013. How about our president, President Obama? Can he make it rain? They were like, no. I said, okay, guys, I'm going to show you something today. I'm going to show you that it doesn't matter how poor you are or where you come from, that if you are a child of God, that you have even more power than the president of a country. I said, we're going to do something that's never been done here before. We're going to ask our Heavenly Father to make it rain. And not just to make it rain, but I'm going to let you choose the specific day. How about Tuesday? And the kids were like, what? What's he talking about? I said, guys, we're talking about asking God to make it rain on a specific day so that you know that it's a true miracle. How about Wednesday? And they were like, What's he, what's he talking about? I said, guys, I said, come on. We're talking about doing something that's never been done before in Namibia. Praying and asking God to make it rain on a specific day so that you can know that Jesus Christ is alive and that people who are God's children have power with God. So come on. How about let's ask God to make it rain on Thursday? And then they had caught on. And they're like, yeah, Thursday, Thursday, yeah. And I'm like, okay, Thursday it is. Praise the Lord. And so, so I turned to the little girl. I said, I think I'm Melissa. So, Melissa, are you ready to pray with me to ask God to make it rain on Thursday? And this kid was like, are you crazy? You know, what? But the thing is, like, what faith comes from hearing. Amen. I would have never done that. That would have been presumption to say something like that in front of like 150, 200 kids. Amen. I honestly felt like God had spoken to me. So it didn't matter that it hadn't rained forever. It didn't matter that there was nothing in the forecast. I felt like God said it, so I'm crazy enough to believe it. Let's pray together and believe that God will make it rain. So we prayed in front of all those kids, Lord, we ask that you would make it rain in the name of Jesus next Thursday so that all these kids can know that Jesus Christ is alive and that we have power with you as your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys. Like I said, that, that church, Aaron Holt's father, John Holt from Pennsylvania, they were there. That whole church team witnessed that. 
on the Thursday of the next week when I was bringing them to the airport to go uh, fly out, we were standing there, and guess what? We could hear the rain hitting the roof of the airport. We were all jumping up and down. Woo! God's sending it to his Jumeb, and he's just letting us know it's on the way. Hallelujah. We were happy. I called the pastor later on that evening. Hey, pastor. Did it rain today in Chumeb on Thursday? He's like, yes, missionary. It rained today here in Chumeb. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Guys, I I say that story because you see, whether it's uh, directly impeding uh, a destiny or God's will for your life, or whether it's a mindset that needs to be broken, it is so important that when we have an impediment, a blockage, that we have breakthrough. And it's so important to get that breakthrough that we hear the word of God, that God somehow, that we press in to where we can sense or hear Jesus speaking to us. And it's so important because I believe that if you heard God say something to you, I believe that you'd follow through with it. Amen? I believe that, that you love the Lord. And if you honestly felt God speaking something to you, I believe that you'd act on it. But, but the, the important thing is, is to hear what God's saying. So the question is, How do you hear what God is saying? How can you get these prophetic visions? How can you get these these inspirations or these words of knowledge or this sense of God speaking to you? Well, I found that the closer I get to someone is the better I can hear them. Are you with me? God says, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. The closer you get to God, The more intimate you can get with the Lord is the better you can hear his voice. Because I guarantee you, he's speaking to every one of us. He's singing over us. He's continually speaking, amen? He doesn't stay silent. But the thing is, we need to be in a place where we're intimate and close to him, where we can hear him talking. Case in point, Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to kind of change your perspective on the Beatitudes here. Many of us think that Jesus is on some kind of a hill or some place and talking to a crowd of people. Maybe we saw it on the Jesus movie or something. And he's, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of, of, of heaven. Guys, it didn't happen like that. When you read Matthew chapter 5, you can read it yourself, verse 1. And seeing the multitude... He went up into the mountain. And when he was seated, so first of all, Jesus wasn't even standing when he gave the Sermon on the Mount. Did you know that? When he was seated, his disciples came to him and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So the the multitude was at the bottom of the mountain. Jesus wasn't teaching the multitude. The Bible says he was sitting down. Read your Bible. He was sitting down. His disciples came to him, and he taught them. If the multitude heard it, they heard it secondhand. Like those kids in the school, they heard it secondhand. It's going to rain next Thursday. Hallelujah. Guys, if you want to hear from God, you have to be willing to climb the mountain. When everybody else is sitting at home sleeping Sunday morning in their beds, when everybody else is too busy doing whatever, but you make up part of a group of people that want to be with Jesus so bad, That where he goes, that's where you're going to go. Hallelujah. That's the person that hears the voice of God. If you want to hear the voice of God, you've got to be willing to climb the mountain. Whatever it takes... 
to be close to Jesus. Whatever it takes to be where Jesus is. When everybody else is playing the games, you're not playing without ceasing. You're praying. Hallelujah. When everybody else is watching the game or watching TV, you're wanting to spend some time in worship. Or are you tracking with me? Hallelujah. There are choices that you can make that will put you in a proximity with God that where you can hear. God, it's not like he has favorites that he's going to talk to this person more than No, he's talking to everybody. But it's those people that make the choices in their life. God, I want to hear from you. I want to be with you. I want to know you, God. They sensitize their spirits to hear the voice of God. I mean, one of the best, most wonderful things that you could hear is your sins are forgiven. I love you. I, 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 I receive you. Your sins are forgiven. But when Jesus spoke that to the woman in the book of Luke, I don't know, where is that? When he spoke that to the, the woman in Luke chapter 7, verse 48, what was the context? He's sitting in a group, uh, in a house with a group of Pharisees, guys who thought they were all that and a bag of chips. And this woman, who's a sinner, looks in and she knows that Jesus is in that house. But she knows that she's going to be going into a place where she's not welcomed, where men are going to despise her, look down on her, and you're not even welcome here. But she, uh, she wants to be with Jesus so bad, she doesn't care what anybody says or thinks. Hallelujah. She's going to push through. That woman goes into the house. She's crying at the feet of Jesus. Jesus said, hallelujah, my daughter, your sins are are forgiven. While these other guys are saying, if this man were a prophet, he'd know what kind of woman this is. The craziest thing is, Jesus did know what kind of woman that was. Hallelujah. And he loved her. Guys, we live in a society where people think so lowly of themselves. We have so much junk that's coming at us. So, our self-esteem and our, our self-image is so messed up. We need to hear that from God. Amen? We need to hear God say, I love you. You're forgiven. Hallelujah. You're my child. Praise the Lord. We need to press through like that woman to be able to hear the voice of God. When we have an impediment, we need to break through. To get the breakthrough, we need to hear the word of God. To hear the word of God, we need to draw close to God. Whether it means climbing a mountain, whether it means not caring what people are thinking. Jesus says in Matthew 15, 8, he says, these people draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me and in vain they worship me. So Jesus is talking about drawing near with, with a, a mouth and worshiping with a heart. But he says that, that is in vain because they're not worshiping truly from their heart. They're just worshiping with their mouth. But what if we were to worship God and really mean it? What if we were, amen, to worship God from our heart? That we were to just love on Jesus and talk and sing to the Lord and and really mean it, hallelujah, then we would really be worshiping him. And in really worshiping him, we would be then, therefore, drawing near to him, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Guys, can you see, do you see the progression there? When I worship the Lord, and I mean it, and I'm really sincere about it, and I'm releasing these thoughts and emotions that are true to the Lord of love and appreciation, that I'm drawing, somehow I'm drawing close to Him. And according to the principles of God's Word, amen, you reap what you sow. He's going to draw close to you. You're going to hear from Him. You're going to receive whatever you need to break through and get you to what God wants you to be doing. Hallelujah. 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 And so it brings us to right where we started. Praise the Lord. Peter and Jesus. Where Peter, where Jesus tells Peter what he should be doing. I want you to go into all the world. I want you to make disciples. 
where he tells everybody in the church, I want you to be discipling someone. I want you to be involved in ministry, whether it's to your family, to the community. I want you to be part of the church, be part of the ministry involved in making disciples. But like Peter, Peter said, whoa, I'm going fishing. Amen. Instead of kind of following what the Lord did, he kind of just went back to, I'm going fishing. Now, what does that look like to me and you? Most of us don't own, own, own a boat. Some of us don't even own a fishing pole, praise God. But what does that look like to us? You might not be, I'm going fishing. You might be, you know, I'm going to go watch TV. And your friend's like, Eagles playing? I'm going with you, okay? You might be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some gaming. I'm, going, I'm just going to go back to school. I'm just going to go back to work. I'm just going to go back to whatever. I'm going to the gym. I'm just going to get on my phone. And we have a way of just getting out of being passionate about what God has spoken us that we should be doing. And I'm going fishing. Now, in the story where Jesus is talking to Peter, we can see where they're out in the boat and Jesus tells them, hey, cast the net on the right-hand side of the boat. It's in John chapter 21. And when they cast the boat, the net down, all of a sudden there's all these fish, and John says to Peter, hey, it's the Lord. And so Peter, knowing that it's the Lord, man, he just wants Jesus so bad, he jumps out of the boat. There's no question, amen, that Peter wants to be with God. Jumps out of the boat, he gets there, and Jesus says to him, Simon Peter, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Do you remember what Peter's response was? was? Lord, you know I love you. But guys, that wasn't the question that Jesus asked Peter. Every one of us in this room would say, Lord, you know I love you. But that's not the question that Jesus asked. He said, do you love me more than these? Amen. You know what? We show what we love with our time by what we do. Amen? That's the question God is. God is looking for people who are going to worship him. And I want you to look at your time this last week, what you've been spending your time with. Have you been spending time, you know, before you turn on the TV, have you gotten into the Word? You know, before you do this and that, have you spent some time, you know, connecting? Holy Spirit, I worship you, Lord. Have you got anything you want to download to me? Amen? Hallelujah. When you're worshiping God like that, you could go to iron your clothes and just be ironing your clothes and looking at the time it's taken, and the Holy Spirit can say, you know, that's you. See how that wrinkle is? That's your character. You just need to spend time in my presence. No quick thing, but you need to spend time because it takes time and heat to get a wrinkle out. So you need to spend time with me and allow my Holy Spirit to get those wrinkles out of your character. Because you could just be ironing your clothes and God speak to you. Are you with me? Simon Peter, do you love me more more than these? I want to ask the worship team to come forward right now. Hallelujah. I just, I just believe that I'm trying to be faithful to the Lord because the verse he gave me was, Simon Peter, do you love me more than these? And I just felt God this morning was wanting that people would desire him more than anything else. That they would want to spend some time with him, just singing to him and worshiping him more 
than watching TV, more than going to work, more than being with this other person. I just feel God is like, I would like it that they would want to be with me. That they'd want to climb the mountain. That they'd want to push through. That being would be, would be more important than what other people think. That they want to be with me so much that they'd have that heart that would just jump out of the boat. Hallelujah. People would get out of the pew or get out, do whatever, just there's a chance that might be Jesus. Let's go for it. Hallelujah. There's, there's a chance in church this morning that, that the Holy Spirit's moving. And if I go to the altar call or whatever, there's a chance that I might meet Jesus there. He might speak something to me. Hallelujah. I might receive a touch. That might be Jesus. I'm just going to go for it. Hallelujah. This morning, let's all stand. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. This morning, God, we don't care what other people think. Hallelujah. We are focused on you this morning, God. We just want you, Lord God, more than anything else, Lord. And we know, God, as we come before you, God, as we seek you, God, as we embrace you, Lord, that's when you're going to speak. That's how you speak, Lord. We just want you, God. We want to hear your word, Lord, your thought, your impression, Lord. We don't want to be just operating out of hope anymore, praying out of hope, God. We want to have a sense of what you're saying in our situation so that we know how to pray, God. So this morning, we're just coming to you, Jesus. Have your way. Have your way. Would you be with me this morning? This morning, would you just get out of your pew, hallelujah, and come find somewhere in this church just to come and, and, and spend a few moments in worship uh, to the Lord. And let's just seek the Lord. Maybe there's, there's, some, there's something in your life, some, some, something, and, and, and you just are like, Lord, I, I want to push through, God. I want your will to be done. I want your kingdom to come in my life, God. And this morning, God, I just want to respond to that, God. I want to hear from you, God. I want to be with you, Jesus. Are you of that same spirit this morning? Are you of the spirit that says, this morning, Lord, I'm telling you, I love you more than all of these other things, God. This morning, I'm coming for your presence, God. And I'm not just saying, you know I love you, Jesus. This morning, God, I'm saying, I love you more than these things. And this morning as you come to the altar, amen, I want you just, whatever is in your mind, those things that the Holy Spirit has convicted you about, of this has become too much important in your life, hallelujah, to where it's come before your time with the Lord. I want you just to repent of that and say, God, I'm, I'm laying this on the altar to you. God, I'm giving this to you. Cause my life, God, to once again be in a, in a, in a balance that, that you, your kingdom approves of, God. God. Hallelujah. Let's come before God. Let's make sacrifices this morning. Hallelujah. Of those things that the Holy Spirit is convicting us about so that we can not just worship God with our